whereas you come into the world of business and it's, it's this whole open landscape where you need to figure out well what industry you want to serve what is the product that i'm going to do is it digital mm-hmm. is it like so many and so you have to go through a process and perhaps the people who find success faster are the ones that more quickly get to that very defined or become very clear on who they're serving how they're facilitating that how they're going to market that welcome to the art of success podcast and this episode with simon jeffries now simon is not only a good friend however he is a great mindset coach to former special forces and co-founder co-owner of um, the natural edge now we discuss a ton of stuff and it's always weird interviewing a mate because um, obviously i know i'm outside of this too but it's um we have some really um really fertile ground on how to build a mindset and also how to apply the lessons that Simon learned in the Special Forces to your life and your pursuit of freedom, of growth, and the life that you want to live. Let's start here because I, I think it's quite interesting. You, I remember when we first started working together, you spoke to me about like creating freedom, and it was very much like the lifestyle, business, and the opportunities to um, do whatever you wanted when you wanted. It was like time freedom, I think, was was a big thing for you. You've just got an in-person well a real office on real real estate so like can you talk me through that decision yes so that when we started off exactly as that when we've decided that we wanted a business the two rules were geographical freedom and scalability so i think so this office has fallen out of a few things one how hard it is to actually build a business and i'll caveat this we're actually with it comes down to i guess goals versus um yes it comes down to goals because we're in a position now where we could if we just cut everything down to just myself and john so because right now there's myself and john who founded it we have a full-time videographer james we've got a full-time sales guy joe and we've got a nearly full-time guy doing more corporate stuff g if we got rid of all of them and it was just John and I, we could probably, I think, work 20 to 30 hours a week and probably get to that, have like a, a low six-figure salary. So a nice quality of life um, and a lot of that time freedom. Because, and, and I think, so maybe our objectives have changed a little bit in the sense of, a longer term brand building strategy and actually work as we brought James on and brought a couple of people on, it kind of came back to the feeling that we had when we were in the military. So that team environment, and maybe we had overlooked the power of that. So initially it was like, oh, we'll have this year of freedom so you know I can move wherever. And actually, I think my relationship ties into this as well. Mel definitely values having roots down in one place. We moved to Bristol in the, in the process in the last within the last two years. Really like the city. There's a, there's a lot here that I value, and so I think as things in my life have changed and the business has slightly evolved, how we actually it, it's changed the setup. And what I've realized of having, for having an office, so we got the office partly because we realized that when we're all together, 
it's much more powerful for idea collaboration and just getting effective work done. Once we actually got it, something that I realized very quickly is how much better I feel mentally having a separation from work or home. Having worked at home for the last five years, pretty much, I think particularly in the last six months, that starts to take its toll. And now having a separation and coming in and being around basically mates like we're in the military and working, I'm really seeing a positive benefit of that. So I think long term, the ideal scenario is almost a bit of a hybrid between having a fixed base, but also it's like, hey, if you want to go away for two weeks, and, and, and I think a long-term aim is, especially in the winter months, right, let's, let's, let's just rent a villa for the month in January for the team. Anyone wants to come out, we can, we can work from there. But we've also got this, for most of the time, a solid base in, in the UK. So I think more of a hybrid. So rather than being completely remote or completely fixed, I think a hybrid model long-term is actually going to be be what suits us best and this probably comes to the main go on sorry no i was only going to finish with saying probably comes to the overall point of things just change everything's a process and as we change and evolve what i thought i wanted at that time which was still valid has now slightly changed or been amended with how other parts of life has changed yeah it's interesting how you're zigging when everyone else is zagging. Like the the majority of the world is becoming, um, is seeking that remote working. It's like, is oh, fuck this, I'm not going back into the office. Like uh, I want this freedom. But you've found that like an element of structure creates some predictability and has a whole host of benefits. And like part of what's reading between the lines and also knowing you outside of this conversation, obviously too, like, you're you seem to have become clear either clearer on drivers and values or something shifted like there's that urge like so what do you yeah that's well, I, I think you said that i think that values because what what you said there i think that's part of it because i think the different i think there's be a difference if i was going into an office where okay the work's okay but you know you're working with people mm. some people you get on with some people you don't versus We've got an office which we've built in our vision. So we are working with people that we really want to be around, that we've hired into the company because they hold the same values. As you know, it's no surprise every single employee is ex-military, either people we've served with. But in fact, they are all people we've either served with or known before, apart from Joe, who went through one of our programs. And so I would so coming into this doesn't it's work, but it doesn't. It feels like you're coming in to be with your mates and get work done, as opposed to coming into work. If that makes sense. So I can see. Whereas, if you don't have that, it's probably a different. That's going to be very different than going to a place that just feels like a corporate environment. Yeah. Yeah. So part of like when you become like clear on your values, or when you become um, when when you have to like evolve. There's that death and rebirth cycle. There's the phoenix burning and the ash and rising from the ashes and all that kind of stuff. What did you have to give up personally to like make that decision? Like, did you have to change beliefs? I yeah. Well, I think I recognised. I think I made a distinction between an idea of what I wanted and realising 
actually what I really enjoy. So, and it's funny you talked about that structure and routine and predictability. I have realized that I do enjoy a predictable routine. And actually when I look at, so I've, I've lived in several different countries you know, before I joined the military, um, Canada, New Zealand, America for a bit. But I've never, backpacking never appealed. This probably sums it up. Backpacking never appealed to me when I was younger. But going to a place, being in a different place, being in a different culture, but creating a routine very quickly within that, i.e. getting a job, getting into community, but having a set structure where I'm going to go and do my training, mm. you know, where the gym, like all these things. So I, I like being in different places, but I like structure within that. So actually for me, rather than maybe in my head at the beginning, I like the idea of a more nomadic, entrepreneurial type lifestyle, but actually realized for me, having the ability to go to places, as I said, so going somewhere for a month or two months, creating a routine there, staying there, you know, say in the winter months or whatever it is, great. And then come back and you've got a place in Bristol and that's set up. So it's like I've got, I can create these structured routines, but have the flexibility to do that in different places if if I want to. Yeah, that's really interesting because when we like when you start out on your journey into entrepreneur into entrepreneurship, um, you were pursuing what kind of was sold as the dream, like working from a laptop or like on the beach and that kind of stuff. But like, it just didn't jibe with you by the sound of it. Like it's you wanted that. Um, yeah, the structure, the free, the the structure and the freedom that that creates, which is a very different kind of freedom. And it sounds like you've gone from goal based as well, like this is the outcome, to actually how can I make the process more enjoyable, which is what you're talking about there. It's like having blokes around you, you get on with. It's um, the kind of the, that journey in itself is way more engaging. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 that definition of freedom, like you said. So it's the freedom of who we choose to work with in terms of our yeah. team and in terms of customers, like getting much clearer on that and driving that piece to create that satisfaction and the freedom to, so having that flexibility that we can move to say different places if we wanted to. So if we did want to go abroad or go to a different part of the country, then we can do that. But probably what it's going to look like is whenever that happens, it's then creating a new routine and structure around it so i think it's the the definition of what that freedom means or how it best aligns with my values women i think Mm -hmm. yeah just a quick favor to ask my friends if you could head to wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a very kind review that will not only help my ego virtually explode but it will help people just like you find the podcast too and hopefully help them to their next level so something I, I want is a big left turn, dude, but like something that I want to ask you, because I, I don't think anyone's asked you before. Or I haven't heard anyone ask you. Like everyone talks about the lessons that you took from the military and applied to entrepreneurship. I think that's the the obvious kind of way to think about it. Is there anything that you've learned through entrepreneurship and business that you wish you knew um, how many years ago? That is a good question. So I'm just thinking it through now I don't know if there is the it's such a different journey like I've I've definitely found setting up a business 
far harder than anything in the military, purely because in the military, the metrics are so much more defined. It's a six-month course. Yeah, whatever it is, you know, eight week, uh, eight months for basic training, six-month course for selection. And very defined parameters to meet on it, whereas there's so many more variables and intangibles with business that like you could do it for two two years uh, yeah for example jacks davy who started Roland rogues two years sold it to Berkshire, Berkshire hathaway um and then is working for another company oh, very fast success within that and then you get others you know we've been going for five and a half years and it feels like we're still you know it still doesn't feel completely stable and we're still sort of iterating and, and finding our way in many respects um I'll keep thinking about that as we have this conversation, but there's nothing because it's <clears throat> everything from the military is in having that strong conviction for what you're doing, having that flexible mindset to adapt to problems, having that growth mindset that you're focusing on the process and not the result. It, it's kind of, I think, everything I, I, those are attributes served. That we're already there. I, th- I think the difference is what I will say is perhaps in in slightly different ways. I've had to call on a lot of those things more on this journey than I had to do in the military. So it's almost like the principles are the same, but it's I've I've had to in many ways and in kind of different ways. So less on the physical, but definitely in a, in a mental and mindset uh, way. Mm. call on those more so interesting especially the outside perception of the military is that you're the height of of those things but me yeah i suppose you're surrounded by people who are constantly striving or most people are striving to embody values um ethos like it's like it's there it's written it's prescribed for you and it's very kind of like you said the metrics are there but also okay, these are the criteria that you have to meet in order to develop your rank, in order to pass this course. It's there and it's it's obvious. Whereas, like, I think the thing that can really fuck with your head in entrepreneurship is, well, there's a trillion options to do at any given moment. Like, we can, we're speaking about it before, like, you can be on 25 different social media platforms or you can choose one and get really fucking good at it. You can work individually with people in a bespoke way that i'm doing or you can do cohort stuff that you guys are doing or you can go to the masses and just produce a course for 25 quid that anyone can buy and like those are all options and like you you can take any of them or all of them or none of them yeah that's that's example that's the exact example i was going to give that we were talking about earlier there's just so many more options and it's the variables there's there's way there's a lot more variables to choose from as opposed to that very set criteria um, that you have in the military to follow. And I think, and also you make a good point about you are surrounded in that environment the whole time with other people. It's that that constant mutual support. Whereas on this journey, it can definitely be a more lonely one. And Yeah, I I think the lack of clarity, and maybe that in itself is a mindset shift, because like I said, if you do, if you're very clear on 
this is the route I'm going to go, this is the platform we're going to use, this is the products and the rest of it, and get all of that in line, then things become easier. And actually, that probably that is the case because as we have got clearer on things on who we serve and we're just going through another iteration of that, of getting a much clearer offer, everything does become easier, but perhaps it's just harder to... That's something you need to self-generate in the world of business, whereas mm. in the military, it's generated for you. You join whichever unit that you join, which are specialists in whatever, and there are very clear pathways within that, You know, even special forces you join, and then it, you're either in mountain troop or you're in um, mobility troop or, or whatever it is. And then you go into there and it's like, right, well, these are the skills you'll be learning because this is what you've been put into. Whereas you come into the world of business and it's, it's this whole open landscape where you need to figure out, well, what industry you want to serve? What is the product that I'm going to do? Is it digital? Mm-hmm. Is it like so many? And so you have to go through a process. And perhaps the people who find success faster are the ones that, more quickly get to that very defined or or become very clear on who they're serving, how they're facilitating that, how they're going to market that. Um, Whereas for others, and we're probably in that as well, we're still kind of going through that process and we're much clearer than we were. It's almost like we were at a two-figure grid reference. Now we're getting towards a four-figure and we want to get to an eight-figure. And when you get to eight-figure, things really start to roll because you just have that, that very defined focus precision it's almost like you in the military or kind of any kind of i suppose standard career the rules of the game have been codified and it's like oh the, this is the like just like in any fucking sport like golf or whatever like it's like these are the 20 something rules that we adhere by these are all the caveats within them this is when it applies this is when it doesn't apply and you've got that written out for you whereas you just enter this infinite game and it seems very simple from the outside is that class like your classic thing starting something is way more complex than you initially give it credit for so it's um yeah it's it's an interestingly scary thing to do you mentioned something that i want to touch on there like the loneliness of the pursuit of this i was speaking to um, a client today and she's exactly in that position of like she's gets so focused and hyper focused and i do this a hundred percent of the time so it's like you you get wrapped by, by this mission of just like okay, this is the objective i'm gonna do this and your whole life becomes consumed by it and you get it like five minutes ago actually i haven't seen a human or spoken to a human that's outside the business in like three weeks um i should probably do that how do you um deal with that or actually how did you deal deal with it when it was just like more remote and then how do you deal with that now uh probably not very well is the honest answer so because it does become all consuming so it's got better having this delineation and i it it, i think it depends where where the business is as well and i haven't met anyone who's gone through the process of setting something up that in that first year or two-year period you have to make you do have to sacrifice a lot of that stuff because it's on whether you get paid or not it's completely on you and especially as we talked about when you're going through that phase of figuring everything out and it is really hard you if it was easy everyone would do it and there's a reason that they don't so i think you are going to go through that phase you know the counter to that is and something i did learn along that journey is you always pay a price for it if you don't have any energy and activities around what you're doing your performance just degrades and gets worse 
And so the more, the, especially in the beginning, I, I think from the beginning, the better you can become at having, which is obviously what you, I would imagine, work on people, having those boundaries around it and making sure you take time for those activities. Actually, even if it may not feel like it immediately, you're going to make more progress in the long term um, because you're going to maintain a higher level of the output that you can give when you are working. So it is really, really important. But yeah, I, I was probably bad at it. And it's something that I learned the hard way and I've tried to get better at. And probably the office is like another layer to help with that because it it creates a clear separation mm-hmm. as opposed to everything set up at home. And so it's very easy. Just, I'll just go back and do another half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 That. Is that where skateboarding comes into this? That, I think that's a separate way. Well, kind of. That was just a, it was a combination of something that I always wanted to do, just because it looks fun. But also, yes, it's a conscious effort to have activities outside of work and try and make more of an effort in the same way of meet up with people more and make sure you don't let all those things slip. Yeah. Nice. I, I don't know why I love the idea of you skateboarding. I want to see more painful. videos, more content. It's painful. Yeah. How long have you been doing it now? Uh, like a month, a month, two months. Okay. Um, but actually, going back, in, yeah, it's probably another good principle. I realised. So I had a had a lesson just to get the initial basic stuff, and then went away for a month, and I didn't really do that much. And I went and had another lesson, and what he hammered me with was it's just time on the board. So I made a commitment for this month. So every, even if it's only five minutes, I will do something every day, even if nice. it's a bit of balancing, or, you know, trying to do static turns and stuff in the garden, just within a small space, just do something because it's that, that whole moving average and cumulative, like small wins as opposed to, oh, I need to find an hour, hour yeah. to do it. Yeah. Nice. Really nice. Where are you? Where are you looking at in terms of success now? What does success look like for you? Yeah, we talked about this the other day. So success long-term is growing the brand into something that I guess is recognized in in that field. Um, Almost like the legacy piece, I guess. Something that you can, you know, built this and this has helped a lot of people because that's, the one thing that I always, if I'm going through stressful times with the business, which is usually always around the sales and marketing piece, I always get an uplift when I come off coaching calls or interactions mm-hmm. with clients. And so that kind of longer term success piece is is more around, well, the more people we help, then the more of that effect we can have. But actually success right now is more about stability and enjoying life. So that's our main aim right now is let's get a stable, consistent sales pipeline to remove the monthly stress of, oh, we, you know, have we got enough to pay everyone? Have we got enough clients coming in? And just enjoy is in we would rather now not increase what we earn, but have more time just for ourselves outside of the business and just enjoy life basically, relax with it. And then maybe in a year, two years, it's like, right, okay, we're back on let's let's maybe now look at taking it to the next level so right now it's about stability and work-life balance i guess is the best way yeah. to put it yeah different phase in in what you're doing you mentioned there the kind of if you're feeling stressed around sales and marketing what have been the 
major beliefs that you've had to shift around sales and marketing? Probably the, so we've realized a major flaw has been our offering. So being very, being able to very clearly articulate, this is who we help. This is how we do it. And these are the tangible benefits that you'll get. And in fact, there's two, two beliefs, I think. So there's this one and there's, it's that, catch 22 fear belief around oh but if we get too specific then what about these people whereas actually mm-hmm. the more your golden rule of most businesses the more specific you can be the more successful you'll be mm-hmm. because you're talking very clearly to that target market you try and speak to everyone you speak to no one mm-hmm. and so overcoming that belief of oh but what if we miss out on these people it's like no yeah so a tiny bit of scarcity in there yes yeah, yeah so that's yeah. that scarcity piece and then alongside that is knowing your worth and your value so Mm. charging what you're worth is which has been an evolution and it's i've I've seen alex mosey talk about this that every time he's made a shift in his business he's had to overcome a belief first and i think prices and what you charge is definitely one of those for nearly everyone that i've spoken to and so we've, you know, from the very beginning, if you look where we started off and every kind of year or two years, there's, there's almost been a jump in prices. And that's probably a combination of obviously you get more experience, you get better at what you do and what you provide and you get better results. So there is, there's a natural increase around that. But if I look back, we started so low, like it was far below actually what mm-hmm. we were delivering there. And so it took, it took a good probably two or three years to really get to that to the point where it should have been and that was pure that was all belief based there was that was nothing to do with what we were delivering we were already delivering more than good enough results mm-hmm. that it should have been uh, it didn't match what we were charging yeah. but they were low because it was a fear-based mentality around it yeah like intri- okay so we can always cut this out if you want to what was the fear the fear, fear, but people wouldn't pay it. So, so we didn't even. So, really, it was because what we should have done is just tried it and seen what happened. But it, that was the fear. The fear was, oh, well, people, people pay that for. Because I think, again, we were looking at it. We hadn't made the switch to the value is the result you get for someone, not in what you're giving. You know, for example, uh, I pay. We paid for a business course of a guy named Alex Becker. I think it was four and a half thousand dollars. And if if you if you assign that value to actually how he delivered it, it should have been $150 because he just mm-hmm. it's completely off the cuff. He just sits down, gets his there's no editing, doesn't cut out any of he's always making these gargling noises and stuff, doesn't mm-hmm. cut any of it out. He gets this scribble whiteboard thing up he uses with his mouse as he was doing it, and he just talks through. But he is so good and his knowledge is so good that you'd pay probably double that because it's just you're like this is everything he says is gold and Mm. so it's the value you get from it and i've come back to that course so many times versus the actual delivery the delivery is just is on kajabi it's very so rough it's so unpolished that it doesn't fit that price tag but because he's so good at what he does then that's what you're paying for so you're paying for that result and we hadn't made that switch well ah but we're just giving this 30 day whatever it is but it's like well that 30 day course has massively changed people's lives like 
completely changed their life. And so that's that's what they're paying for. They're not paying for what you're actually, um, how you're delivering that, I guess. It's interesting you brought that piece up around the, the kind of the quality of delivery. You had that Chris, uh, Chris Williamson quote, I th- or he might be paraphrasing somewhere else, where, where he says, um, perfectionism is uh Perfect. Sorry, fuck me. Um, procrastination is perfectionism masquerading as quality control, and sometimes we kind of um, like I found myself falling into that trap the whole time. This has to be. This has to look a certain way. This has to be flawless. This has to have the feeling of quality to it. Whereas, actually, it's about can you just deliver quality? And quality is meeting spec. Like that's really what you're trying to do. Can I provide what I've have promised and a little bit more and that like that lack of perfectionism overcome that perfectionism can be a, a rough ride yeah agreed that i mean that yeah perfectly sums you you basically summed it up there what have you changed in regard to your approach to mindset that you would have like held tightly as a belief i don't know like five years ago good question what did I have? I mean, this isn't this isn't this is something we've spoken about before. And you know, when we first started going through the work, and so it's probably more around the relationship piece than business. And that's that whole fixed mindset of, well, this is just who I am, take it or leave it, versus switching that into a growth mindset of, oh, you can work on this, you know, you can have difficult conversations, you can work through it and actually become a better partner, enjoy the relationship, and all, all of those things. So that's that's the one that jumps into my head straight away as something that was a fixed belief for a very long time. And then through the work that we did, that changed. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything in business. It's less, I've, I don't necessarily think this is a belief, but it ties back into that learning curve in the same way we did with the prices we've had to learn that you have to tell people what they want to hear and then deliver what they need. When we first started marketing, you know, we took a very logical approach for, you know, this is what we is, do you know, who wants it? Mm-hmm. Just like, we're going to provide this. Hey, do you want to come and have it? But the understanding that you, you have to delve into the psychology of marketing, copywriting, mm-hmm. how you frame things. And that's, that's been an evolution over the the last few years but it's once you make that switch that's really powerful because we've got a couple of friends that are kind of in a similar space and you can see them going through the same evolution that we did and how much you kind of resist it and again it just has to be a belief shift over time you have to get used used to making that switch to what feels salesy, but what it comes down to is the fact that if you can't bring people in, you can't help them. And so mm. you, ha- you have to learn to play the game. I, and I think you can play it and still retain your integrity, but you do still have to play it. Yeah, and it can feel duplicitous to begin with, but that's just because you're not very good at it and you've misunderstood <laughs> how to do yeah. it. And it becomes like, oh, clickbaity, kind of like get you in, get your attention, and yeah. uh, and that's when it feels shitty yeah yeah nice man nice um the question i always like to ask is what's the the hardest lesson that you've had to learn along this path Ooh. 
what is the hardest lesson along this path? Probably how long it takes to get to yeah. get to that point that you want to. You, I think you have that naive. We definitely did in the beginning. We'll just start something within a couple of years. It'll be great. You know, you'll be your own boss and making mm-hmm. the cash that you want and all the rest of it. And just realizing how long it can actually take to get to where you want to be. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the hardest one, I think. Yeah, but you kind of need that naivety to begin with. Like, yeah, otherwise you wouldn't fucking yeah. start. Yeah, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. There's no way. Like, if I knew what was involved in like the seven or eight years, I mean, I'd, like, well, it was way easier ways to do that. Especially yeah. back then when I didn't understand like the grit and the toughness that I, I do now. I'm like, oh yeah, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you could see forecast the moments where I'm just stressed out in my mind and just cannot function in life because of the the situation I've created myself. There's no way you embark on that, but for some yeah. reason it's meaningful. Read. Where can people follow you? Where can people find out more about uh, what you do? Easiest place. So Instagram, it's The Natural Edge. LinkedIn, it's Simon Jeffries. And YouTube, it's The Natural Edge, which we've taken, we've been off the ball with, but we will be starting back up next next week, in the next couple of weeks. So those are the main Good places. Man. Yeah, I've been loving that. It's really nice to see the kind of how well thought out your content is. Really enjoying it personally. It's good. We've just the reason, slight last point, the reason why it's been paused is because we see YouTube great as a long term, long term strategy and being on that platform, but it requires a lot of work and realizing this mistake or hole in our marketing with the offer. It's the priority is okay, we need to put our energy and effort into fixing that and then we'll pick this back up so i guess it comes back to that lesson of you need to be flexible and adapt and not get caught into oh if we stop posting on linkedin for a month then it's all going to fall apart which isn't the case it's just a belief and actually so this is more critical and then we'll pick that back up again yeah that's the challenge having such limited resources and i suppose that is what the military prepares you for very well it's like these are that you have what you have in this bergen and that's it and then deal with the problem that you're facing. Make it work. Yeah. Yeah. No cuff. Exactly. Exactly, dude. Right. I'm going to love you and leave you. Um, Thank you very much for your time. Perfect. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.